Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have been a little bit since I got back to this one, but I did two in a row of uh, of literature, so I'm going to try to do a couple of philosophy. So this one and then the following podcast will both be about philosophy, um, and they'll have connections to each other as well. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about is defining terms in philosophy. Uh, this is something that Every philosopher, if you sit down and read their work, will have huge sections where they are just telling you what particular words mean. Now, why do they do this? Well, whenever you have words that are specifically used within any field, they are going to have different meanings than what they have to the general population. one of the words, uh, for example, that has a different meaning in philosophy than it has in um, everyday usage is the word intentional. Now, in everyday usage, intentional means something you did on purpose. The usage for philosophy is different. It has some of the elements of it, but it doesn't quite match up 100%. For example, when philosophy in the 20th century uses the word intentional, Uh, It's generally talking about objects and consciousness. And intentional objects of consciousness are objects that consciousness is directed towards. Now this sounds complicated, but it's not really very complicated. If I'm thinking about the pen in my hand, that pen is the intentional object of my consciousness. It is what I'm thinking about. It's what I'm directing my thoughts towards. So... To use to see a philosopher using intentional, if you take the everyday usage of it, um, you might be a little confused by, you know, what's an on-purpose object of uh, consciousness. And if you think about it a little bit, you can see that it does somewhat make sense. It's something you are deliberately directing your consciousness towards. Now, the other problem and the reason that they do it is when you have words that have everyday usage and technical usage, people will tend to abuse those usages to try to confuse you. One of them that is uh, done repeatedly over and over again is the word theory. Uh, There is a conventional usage of theory, which means basically this is just how I think it happened. Uh, And then there's theory in the scientific sense. And these are very different. There are very different qualifications to use theory, like I have a theory, uh, I'm going to have a good day, or I have a theory that, you know, uh, my next week will be busy. Uh, That's not the same thing as, say, the theory of gravity, or the theory of evolution, or the theory of quantum physics. Um, Theory in scientific terms means it must explain all observable phenomena and be able to make predictions. If it is not able to do these things, then it cannot exist as a theory in science. And as evidence comes to light, if something is disproven, then that theory gets tossed into the scrap heap and they have to come up with a new theory that does uh, a better job of explaining the way things are. For example, Uh, Newtonian physics by Isaac Newton explaining how the planets moved and, and, you know, how large bodies moved. Well, when we come to uh, this, this theory of physics, 
worked very well. But when we come into the 20th century and we start dealing with particles that are smaller than planets, smaller than, you know, large physical objects like a, a ball or a bullet or something like that, um, we realize that those uh, do not go by the same motions, uh, uh, motionary uh, laws. So the theory doesn't completely explain those. So they had to come up with uh, other theories, uh, quantum theory, um, Einstein's theory of relativity, dealing with gravity. Um, so there had to be modified theories. Now, Newton's theories still will give you predictability with large objects. If you want to know, you know where the moon will be in a particular uh, date and time, you can easily use Newtonian physics, and that will tell you that. Uh, if you want to understand how uh, atoms and subatomic particles work, uh, Newtonian physics will do a horrible job of explaining that, and it won't get you anywhere. So theory is one of those things that is much more specific. Um, a theory in science is definitely something that has much more rigorous proof uh, needed than a theory in everyday life. <clears throat> now, uh, I want to, for today, I'm going to go into uh, the definition of a word and kind of talk about that word. And it's a word that, especially Americans, find extremely terrifying. Um, that word is socialism. Now, I know I can already hear Americans running for the door or hitting stop on the uh, recording. But socialism isn't uh, as scary as people think because most people don't really understand what is the meaning behind it. Uh, and socialism is a word that can have a lot of different variations in it. So to say someone is a socialist is almost a statement that has very little, um, very little uh, substance to it because that can mean a wide variety of things. Um, so I want to slow down a little bit when it comes to that and talk about what socialism is by definition. And then we'll talk about how uh, some of this has been, you know, uh, misused, how some of this has been, you know, kind of connected to things to be used as a scare tactic. Um, socialism, in its basic definition, uh, generally uh, government provides certain safety nets both for individuals and, in this country, to a large extent, for banks and corporations. To, they, they do it to an even larger extent for those. Uh, socialism is kind of where government uh, steps in and sort of makes sure you can't fail below a certain level. So socialist ideas are not necessarily, uh, as people like to portray them, things like the Soviet Union or the Nazis, the National Socialist Party. Um, those were types of socialism, but they were top-down socialism. Uh, socialism, by definition, can be very different depends on, depending on who is in charge, uh, who is running that government. Is it a government that is run by a few people or a party? Is it a government that is run by a single individual? Or is it a government that is answerable to the people? Uh, and if the government starts doing things that the people 
don't like, then the people will replace those people or force them to stop. So a large part of the abuses of socialism and the connections to national socialism and uh, socialism in the Soviet Union were the fact that these were systems that the public had no voice whatsoever. All of the power was concentrated in a very small area. And these people that had the concentrated power were using it to basically enslave everyone else and enrich themselves. They were using these uh, tactics in these these safety nets in uneven ways so that the people who were loyal to them would have safety nets. The people that said things they disagreed with would find themselves starving to death. Uh, the Soviet Union did this several times. It did it with Ukraine. It did it in several other places where they felt there wasn't sufficient loyalty, and so they took those things away. Uh, so a large part of whether socialism is a good thing or a bad thing depends on who the government has to answer to. If it has to answer to the people uh, and is democratic, then people the, then the government is going to have to do what the people want. It's going to have to take the people's interest in mind. <clears throat> if it is only answerable to a small group or to an individual, then that person has free reign to do whatever they want. Uh, capitalism is the same. Uh, capitalism also... Uh, can exist on a small scale or on a large scale. Uh, if you have very large-scale capitalism, then the corporations often tend not to be responsible for uh, for answering to uh, the public or even the market. Um, because if the market, let's say, doesn't want to pay for it in one place, they will simply move everything somewhere else. So... Um, Capitalism, uh, socialism, all of these systems, really the abuses come in when you have a group that is not answerable to anyone. Uh, they tend to work much better if they are answerable to the great uh, majority of people um, because then they have to keep in mind the, the benefit of the great majority. Now, what are particular socialist policies in this country. You know, people think this is a capitalist country and we don't have socialism here. This is absolutely not true. Most of the um, programs and things in this country that people actually like uh, come out of socialist ideas. Um, and this is not just for regular people. This, this also applies to big business, big banks. Um, they benefit from a lot of socialist ideas. Uh, one example of socialism, or one ser set of examples, would be Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Um, these are safety nets put in place by the government um, to ensure that people don't starve to death. That when people retire or become disabled, uh, they should still have enough of an income uh, so that they don't become homeless so that they still have enough to eat so that they can go to the doctors. So these have been very popular socialist programs. Uh, I often laugh when I see someone, you know, uh, talk about get your government hands off my social security. Well, social security is a socialist program and the way you keep that safe is to keep the government in line uh, through voting, through um, you know, forcing them to do what they're supposed to instead of just 
maybe voting, maybe not voting, and just hoping they do the right thing. <clears throat> now, other socialist uh, examples in this country, public schools. Public schools are socialist. We all pay taxes, and you can get a free education for your children through public schools. Um, community colleges are socialist. Uh, you pay taxes and it costs less money to go to a community college because they're subsidized by tax dollars. Um, <clears throat> a state college, uh, state universities, these also get uh, tax money. Uh, so this is one of the things that uh, they try to use to keep the tuition rates down. Uh, something that was strictly capitalist would mean if you didn't have enough money to educate your children, then your children don't become educated because there's no choice. Uh, these institutions allow for people, whether they have money or not, to send them to school, uh, particularly free public education, K-12. through um, now, this doesn't mean that there isn't uh, systems in place for the wealthy. They have private schools. There are religious schools. And if people can afford to pay for those, then you, they can send their children there instead. But the public schools allow for people to be able to have their children become educated regardless. <clears throat> Another uh, example of socialism in this country is roads. Uh, whether it's your roads in your town, your roads out in the country, highways, freeways, uh, all of these things are socialist. These things were built by the government. We put our tax dollars in and they put these roads out. Again, this is one of the areas where socialism steps in. Uh, I do not have the money if I wanted to drive to Florida to build my own road from here to Florida. Um, but because I pay taxes and other people pay taxes, we have expressways that connect us to Florida. Uh, so roads, highways, uh, and even other things that people sometimes forget about, uh, ways of travel are also socialist. Uh, for example, uh, the railroad system, uh, the government tried to let private industry build the railroads. Private industry failed horribly. It was too big of a project. They could not keep the funding. Uh, they couldn't make it happen. So the government had to subsidize these railroad projects in order for them to even be built. Uh, this is an example of how you know even capitalists have benefited from socialism. Uh, they want to claim it's evil, but uh, socialism is a large reason why they have ways to transport their goods and employees who have been educated uh, and that are able to actually do the jobs. Another example of socialism is the power grid, the the power infrastructure and the water infrastructure. You know, under <clears throat> pure capitalism, uh, I would have to build my own power station if I wanted electricity or pay large amounts of money uh, to someone who would have uh, built the power station. Now, this occurred in some areas, but uh, electricity would have never been to more rural areas if it hadn't been for the government subsidizing it. Uh, when you get out into the country and there's only a house every mile or two, uh, it doesn't make any sense for the capitalists to build power lines out there. There's not enough income coming in off of this to make it worth their while. And this is one of the things that was true up until 
the New Deal programs. There were large areas of the country where, unless you lived in a big town or close to a big town, you weren't going to have electricity or water um, because there wasn't enough money for private industry to do this. And so the government subsidized it. Um, Another example of socialist uh, ideas put into place in this country are parks. City parks, state parks, national parks, uh, county parks, these are all socialist ideas. We pay tax money, the government takes our tax money and provides these things. Um, These would not occur normally unless some capitalist decided, I'm going to make money on this, so I'm going to build a park. In which case, the only way to do something like that is the parks would be for pay only. Um, Think of the difference between uh, a city park or a state park and, let's say, an amusement park. An amusement park, you have to pay to get in and you have to pay for every single thing you do um, because it's a capitalist system. They have to make a profit, whereas city parks, state parks, national parks, uh, they do not have to show a profit because most of their money comes from tax money. This is why it costs much less if they charge at all, to even get into them. Um, Other socialist ideas are unemployment insurance. You know, under pure, strict capitalism, if you become unemployed, you better have enough money saved not to starve to death because you're not getting anything. Uh, The idea of paying unemployment for a certain amount of time when people lose their job is a socialist idea. The same thing with disability. If you become disabled, Uh, and can no longer work uh, under strict capitalism, too bad you starve to death in the street. Uh, With uh, the systems in place of disability, um, if you can maneuver them, which they've been made difficult to maneuver, uh, but they will guarantee you a certain amount of income. Uh, Now, that doesn't mean that these programs are perfect, that they can't be fixed, but to completely do away with socialism would mean to completely do away with these safety nets. Um, <clears throat> other socialist ideas are things like uh, protections for workers, you know, OSHA, uh, these safety laws that say your employer can't poison you uh, and not tell you about it, uh, these uh, laws that um, protect the environment, uh, laws that make sure food and drugs that you uh, purchase are safe. Uh, And one of the things that, you know, these agencies are, they're socialist agencies. Now, whether they're funded enough that they're able to do their job is, is again, something you can debate. Um, Other ideas that are from socialism, things like vacation, uh, 40-hour work week, weekends, uh, holiday pay, sick days, Um, child labor laws, minimum wage. Uh, These are all things that are socialist ideas. Uh, So when you actually start to look at what socialist ideas are, you realize that that a lot of these things are things that have not only built the country, but keep the country going. Now, from the perspective of big business, big banks, um, they are also benefits of all of these socialist ideas. Uh, These roads and railroads and uh, ports and all of these things are how they're able to transfer their goods. Uh, otherwise, they would have to build their own road if they wanted to ship something, uh, build their own railroads. So they have these things 
that directly benefit them. Also, the majority of their employees are probably going to be people who were educated in public schools, community colleges, state colleges, and universities. So their workforce, their, their reliance on having a workforce that has enough skills to do these jobs uh, is also there. But even more than that, if you look at the last several uh, financial crises that have occurred, um, what, what did these large companies and large banks get? They got bailouts. Uh, under a purely capitalist system, there would be no bailouts. Uh, these companies would have simply went under, these banks would have simply went under, and there would have been nothing anybody could have done about it. And hopefully people could gather together enough money to uh, open up small banks to take their place. Um, <clears throat> this is not something that is likely to occur, though. Uh, who has extra millions of dollars laying around that they can open up their own banks? Uh, not very many people. And with banks failing, uh, like they have, uh, it wouldn't be very wise for someone who did have that kind of money to open banks. So a lot of these uh, safety nets are not just safety nets for regular people. There are a lot of the things that have kept corporations and banks uh, and the wealthy uh, surviving as well. Another socialist idea is, uh, you know, uh, in insurance on your money in the bank. Uh, if you have money in the bank and the bank goes bankrupt in the old days you just lost your money it was all gone uh, this is why we had runs on the banks uh, now we have uh, deposit insurance that protects up to a certain amount so if the bank goes belly up the federal government gives you your money and you're not just out of money uh, this is one of the things that made the great depression even worse was that banks were failing and as these banks failed People lost their entire life savings. Okay, I'm going to break off uh, for now for there. Um, I hope that uh, some of these things maybe clarified a little bit of why the word is not quite as scary as people like to make it sound. Uh, yes, there are socialist countries that did abuse the system, uh, Soviet Union, the Nazis, um, but it wasn't the socialism itself that was... Uh, the cause of the abuse. It was the concentration of power into the hands of a very few uh, who used that power to um, sort of solve uh, uh, personal grudges and to keep everyone strictly under their thumb. So when you're dealing with any kind of system, uh, regardless of the kind of system, anytime you have a top-down system where the top has no accountability, whether it's a political, economic, or religious system, uh, history has proven over and over again that they will eventually seize more and more power for themselves and abuse the general public more and more. Um, okay, I'm going to break off from there. The next time we'll be discussing another scary word uh, that is not as scary as it sounds. Uh, I hope you are all doing well. I hope you are all staying safe. Have a good day.